Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Alcoholics Anonymous says that its helpline in the first two weeks of 2024 answered 139 calls from women who felt they were in trouble with drinking and wanted help. That was compared to 30 calls in the same period, first couple of weeks of January in 2023. That's over four times as many. It says more and more people are now seeking support for problem drinking and indeed more and more people are looking for an AA meeting to attend. That's huge. Four times as many women seeking help with their drinking in the first two weeks of this year as were in the first two weeks of last year. Now, it could be a spike. It could be a blip. It could be a sign of far more serious problems. We don't really know, but those are the figures. Paula Leonard joins me. She's chief executive of Alcohol Forum Ireland. Whatever the reason, Paula, that's a very, very stark increase. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, it is what one might call a cause for concern. Um, You know, the Health Research Board have also um, been able to track an increase in presentations to addiction services across the country um, in January um, of this year. Um, That's not broken down yet. It would be too early to say men and women, they wouldn't have the figures. But we know the figures of people looking for help um, in relation to their alcohol use um, is increased in January. Now, there is seasonal things that happen every year. Christmas can be a really difficult time for families. It can be a really difficult time for women, particularly, who are living in any difficult situation. I'm thinking, you know, um, living with a dependent drinker, um, domestic violence spikes over the Christmas, um, family tension spikes over Christmas. You know, for some of us, that's just a low level in terms of complex family relationships and people coming home. But for more vulnerable people, it can be a really difficult time. So January into February tends to be when people have sort of hit that point where they now need to reach out and they should reach out throughout the year for help and support. Um, and, you know, that, that this is a concern and we are glad that people are talking about it. Do you know the way, Paula, we all kind of say in the first week of January, right, I'm going to take it easy now, 
put away the bottle of wine, put away the can of beer. I'm not touching a drink for a few days or at least a week or sometimes the whole month. And for most of us, it's not a problem. But do people realize that, hold on a second, I'm not, no, can't get through the day without a glass of wine. That's the start of a problem, isn't it? Well, I think if people have an alcohol dependency um, or if you have any sort of problem and you're consuming large amount of alcohol, um, you know, three to four nights a week or days a week, um, giving up alcohol without support and without medical advice, there are some risks associated with it. So mm. people have come through that sort of heavy drinking period over the Christmas and they think it may be longer. They really do need to go to their GP. So while we would say that, you know, abstaining from alcohol, giving up alcohol, cutting back on alcohol can have really good health benefits. If you're in any way worried that you could be at a stage of alcohol use dependency, you really need medical advice mm. um, because there are, you know, there are risks associated with a sort of sharp, unsupervised detox. Mm. Um, the other thing, though, is addiction services also get a lot of do not attends in January. You know, so exactly what you're talking about. People may have the best will in the world and that's that I'm done. You know, I need a bit of help. I'll make a call. Um, and then people don't have the courage to show up. It's really important, you know, tell a friend, tell a family member, get support that helps you and encourages you to go ahead and get yourself in and sit in front of a skilled person who can help you um, in that tough period um, at the beginning of the year. Mm. You say yourself, women often use alcohol for self-medicating and for dealing with trauma. Expand a little bit on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, women who attend addiction services, they have higher rates of PTSD. Um, Those are estimated from research to be somewhere between 30 and 59%, so almost 60, almost 6 in 10 women who attend addiction services um, have PTSD. And lifetime trauma, so childhood trauma, um, a history of domestic or sexual violence, um, and that can be up to 80% of women. So, you know, in Ireland, we do have some wonderful programs that are looking at both trauma and addiction for women who are seeking safety. Um, A lot of those are, unfortunately, and fortunately for the people of Dublin, but a lot of them are in and around the Dublin area. So you have one in Drogheda and one in Roscommon outside of that area. But I think it's really important now that we've opened up this conversation to start looking at it and saying, well, you know, if we don't have a specialised service in our area, what can addiction services be doing? Um, to recognise this as an issue, to talk about it as an issue and to make sure that there's timely and appropriate support for women because the sort of old-fashioned generic model where you were only dealing with the alcohol problem on its own, um, that needs to be able to address sort of the other issues that women are presenting with, which in the main we're not saying that, you know, trauma isn't an issue for men, we're not saying any of those things, Mm. but we are saying quite clearly there's higher rates of PTSD among women who experience addiction. There's mm. higher rates of trauma among women who experience addiction. Mm. So, you know, these are quite heavy topics, but we have to talk about them. They, they are, and it's, it's good to have you here to talk about them. Is there, a, is there a link or a correlation, even, Paula, between perimenopause and use of alcohol? Busy lives, hormones gone a bit crazy, couple of kids teared the house down. The, the, the temptation to reach for the bottle of vino to calm yourself down. Does it happen a lot? Um, I have seen nothing, and I like to read. Uh, I've not seen nothing that looks at sort of a clinical or chemical sort of correlation between those two things. What I do know is that the alcohol industry has heavily 
marketed alcohol to women over the last number of years. So if you go back even to the 1960s and early 40% of the Irish population didn't drink at all. So a significant number of people were abstainers from alcohol. The alcohol industry would have looked at that and targeted that and said, well, we actually need to get more women drinking. Um, And when we have them drinking, we need to have them drinking at higher levels of consumption. So we have really sophisticated strategies. We have product placement. I'll go back as far as I'm of an age where, you know, generation who watched The Good Wife and Friends, you know, product placement, Mm. seeing women aspirationally that people might like to be like, working hard, playing hard, trying to juggle parenting, all of those things. But the notion was that alcohol was your reward or your release or how you might cope with the, you know, the stress for women who are both working and still have the burden of childcare in the home and yeah. still have that domestic burden. So we've been told and programmed and socialised into believing that a legal psychoactive substance that is a depressant, actually, it's chemically a depressant, but we have been sold a pop. We've been told that this is something that will help you cope and rather than saying go out and swim in the sea or have a walk or meet some friends for a cup of tea, we've been told that, you know, opening that bottle of wine at 10 o'clock of the evening when you have that one hour to yourself and the house is quiet, that that is a good thing for you and something that you should be doing. It's interesting that you should say about the, the marketing of it, Paula, because shall we just say I would know somebody, I have an old friend who spent their life in retail and we've talked yeah. many times about the science of yeah. retail layout and yeah. it's no coincidence that off licence sections, for example, in large supermarkets, they come almost right in the middle of the household items. It's also no coincidence that when you push your way into the off licence, one of the first things you see is white wine because, according to this friend of mine, they did some research and they found that the biggest consumers of cheap to middle range priced white wine were women in their 30s to early 40s. Yeah. Who also do the family shopping. Yeah. You know, the alcohol industry says that they want to contribute and be seen as good corporate partners. Do you know what I mean? That they they have some sort of a social good in mind. They have one objective, and that is to increase profit margins for their shareholders. They know this stuff really well. They research this stuff really well. They spend millions on it every year. Like, I mean, for example, the alcohol industry without a shadow of a doubt, is engaged in cancer denialism. Um, so they want to confuse the what? Paula, the sorry? Ca- denying the link between alcohol and cancer. Okay. So al- alcohol is a group one carcinogen. So for any of your listeners, that basically means that alcohol is considered to be in the same category as asbestos and in the same category as tobacco. Now, it would, you, if you were to do a straw poll or a box pop and cork today, you'd find that most people will admit and understand and know of the link between tobacco and cancer. Mm. We are in the same category of that and people don't know it, people don't talk about it um, and we have heavily um, marketed strategies in the alcohol industry that are there to deny that or to confuse it or to detract attention away from it. That's that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we really need to start seeing through the fog do you know what I mean in terms of these things? Because in this country, you know, um, it's really important that women know that one in seven breast cancers in this country are related to alcohol consumption. Sorry, one in eight. 
best cancers in this country are related to alcohol consumption. And is that, so, Holly, you look, you're, you're talking to someone here, I'm name my cards on the table, you're talking to someone who likes to drink. You're also not over to, not to over excess, but I do like to drink. And I'm married to someone who likes to drink. Um, we don't smoke, either of us. Are you saying we're as much, in as much danger from a casual drink or two than we are from cigarettes? What I'm saying is to define whether what class of carcinogenic something is, there is a WHO scientific project around that. And it is back in 2020, 2012 that the WHO declared that alcohol is a group one carcinogenic um, substance. So that means that for us, to translate that for your listeners into simple terms, that drinking alcohol increases your risk of seven different types of cancer. Okay. So okay. this is the beginning of the year. By the end of this year, there will be almost a thousand new cancers in Ireland that are related to alcohol. And there will be 500 deaths in Ireland that are related to alcohol. Okay. Um, that rarely makes the headlines. That's rarely talked about. Um, and we rarely um, challenge the false information that the alcohol industry are peddling on that. Okay. Lastly, this has come in on the phone. Uh, This person asking, as they say, asking for a friend, but you know yourself. A glass or two of wine every (laughs) night. Is that possibly becoming a problem? Look, one standard drink a day is associated with a 9% increase um, for your risk of developing breast cancer. So, Alcohol, so when we think about alcohol harms, you know, people will think of liver. Um, They should also be thinking of brain. Um, But we rarely, those those health issues we associate, and actually a lot of science associates with heavy level drinking. The issue in relation to alcohol and cancer is that even relatively low levels of alcohol consumption increase your risk. Okay. So that is you know, the sort of the big head in the sand piece that we need to get our head around. I'm not telling people it's not my business and it's not my job to say to people don't drink alcohol, but it is my job to say to people, if you drink alcohol, you should be aware of the risks. All right. Uh, So make an informed decision. That's where we'd like to be. All right. (laughs) Paula, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed our conversation. Paula Leonard, Chief Executive of Alcohol Forum Ireland. Huge numbers of women reporting possible problems or suspected problems with drinking. And we went down another road with Paula. We should remember that when we are having a drink, it is, alcohol is a carcinogen, just like tobacco, smoking is a carcinogen. Alcohol is also a carcinogen and a dangerous one. We should be aware of it when we're having the few drinks. Thank you, Paula. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We talked earlier with Paula from the Alcohol Forum Ireland, Paula Leonard, their chief executive, about the number of women now reporting with alcohol problems, Alcoholics Anonymous. Huge figures, uh, 139 calls from women in the first two weeks of 2024 compared to 30 calls in the same period of last year. We had a long and varied chat with Paul Leonard from the Alcohol Forum about that. Sandra, good morning to you. Good morning, TJ. What would you like to um, say? Like, uh, the first thing people do at night, well, I think the majority will be women. They finish their jobs for the day and they go to sit down and watch our soaps. Okay. Right? Every soap that is on TV at the moment is based in a pub. Let me think about that, uh, yeah. Coronation Street uh, has the Rovers. EastEnders has... I forget the, the Vic, name. The Vic. Uh, the Queen Victoria. Queen Vic. And Fair City you, has McCoy's, yeah. yeah. Um, and you has know, the Woolpack, yeah. You're right, yeah, actually. All of them, all of them. And even if you go to a restaurant, you know, if they go to their little cafes or whatever, they still can get a glass of wine. Yeah. So, you know... Their uh, drink alcohol is kind of in everything surrounded in the programs that women watch. That's very you know, interesting. They would be more female-based, you know, programs. I know men watch them as well, but it would be you know their high viewers would be women, and even like we'd say the other programs like the Housewives of Beverly Hills or wherever, all these kind of programs as well. They're all you know most of the scenes are shown with a glass of wine in their hand. Mm. You know, you wouldn't see actually whiskey or beer. It's always a wine. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of like thinking, oh God, you know, I'll be cool as like them, or I'm going to be as glamorous because I have a glass of wine. Yeah. You, you know, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine now as I sit down and watch TV tonight. And if you hear, like I hear people there, no, I don't drink at all myself. But you know, if you're out and you hear people, oh, geez, I'm get the bottle of wine now for Friday night. That's mm-hmm. grand to have your bottle of wine once a week or whatever. Yeah. You know, people work hard. But like it's, like a thing is, I must have the wine. You know, you, it's out there like yeah. this bottle of wine is so important to people. Like I often went into Aldi's there, and, you know, it'd be just before 10 o'clock. Mm. And you see, I t- it has always been women. And they've been actually jumping the queue so they can get their bottles before 10 o'clock. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've seen this myself and that because I was laughing at and Jesus. All the alcoholics are tonight joking, you know, mm. and like you can see, um, you know that the, they're in just before the cut off time to buy their bottles. Yeah, come, you know, come so, back to the soaps and 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 the pubs in in the soaps and 
I just realised I don't watch the soaps anymore, but I was able to name the pub in every major soap to give you some idea of how much of an interest. But come back, I, I happened to find myself watching the last ten minutes of Fair City on Sunday night. I was waiting for the nine o'clock news, and again there was a scene in the pub. And the one thing I was thinking of here, they were ladling the drinks down to the tables for people. No question on the outrageous price of drink at the moment, like as if it was water. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and we never see them handing money over the bars either. That's true. Or, or you know, we, we've, no, we don't actually. Exactly, we've never actually seen anything like that. That's true, Sandra, you're You right. know what I mean? And, like, as I said, I don't drink, and, like, I wouldn't be in pubs or things like that. But, like, you can see it, you know, yeah. when we're out. It's, it, you know, when you hear other people talking about drink. Yeah. And, like, even if I said to um, oh, I don't drink. Oh, you don't drink? And I said, no, you know. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah, something. They, they, did they ever ask what's wrong with you? Which is the other, the other question. You, you, you say as well that the programs, and again, this is a, an interesting observation. They seldom feature people whose lives have been broken by alcohol. But that's it. That's the thing you see as well. We never see the alcoholics that their lives have been destroyed. It's all glamorizing this bottle of wine. Mm. You know, um, which which is, it's a pity, you know, because like I've seen this years ago and I think I probably was even on with you maybe going back a few years ago about it as well. But like, could they not glamorize something else that's more important in our everyday lives? Mm. You know, um, you know, even just if it was a bottle of water that they were saying, oh, we're on the water tonight or something, you know what I mean? Or, but mm. it's it's always alcohol that's the highlight of whatever they're going to drink. Mm. Which, which you know, and like say, no, I don't watch the soaps. I gave them up a long time ago because they're a load of drivel. Mm. But, I mean, if I'm sitting there watching Carnation Street or any of the other soaps, and I have kids there watching it, should they're going to carry on grow up watching it as we did as kids watching our parents watching it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're going to go, oh, it's grand to go to the pub. Yeah. You know, but... um and it, it, it's just leaving, making them see, oh, it's, it's okay to drink. That's kind of a message they're really giving out. It's okay to drink because they're doing it on telly. I see mommy sitting down with her bottle of wine, yeah. so it's okay. Yeah. You know, and like a, a lot of women are alcoholics. And, pe- you know, they can hide it well because if, they, if they're at home, nobody knows. You know, if they don't go out, if they're having a family, if they go to a school, they can control it. They grant, pick up time for the kids, be sober. And back home and, you know, throw back to whatever they're drinking. That's an observation that was made a, a few years ago, Sandra. And I kind of pushed back against it at the time because I thought it was a bit of a generalization. But but it's this. A lot of women um, are alcoholics and don't even know it. But Exactly. Exactly. You know, and... I'm sure some like, men are too, but we're talking about look, look, there are a lot, you know, we look. And the men, you see the men. We see men being alcoholics, and it's it seems that now I'm not saying it's okay, but it seems that it's okay more for a man to be an alcoholic than a woman because she's the one rearing the family. Mm. You know, um, like if you said, Jesus, your woman there, she's four kids and she's an alcoholic, you say, Oh my god, what about the poor kids? Mm. You know, he's out working all day and she's in there with the kids and she's drinking. You know, whereas if it was a man that's drinking. It, you know, they wouldn't get the same response. They'd say, God, he's a hidden grand man, he goes off to work. 
and yeah. then he's able to hold a job with the drink. You know what I mean? I do, I do but, indeed, I do indeed. Yeah, but the, you know, the soaps is the one you raise, and I, I, that's the a good. Soaps, yeah, everything, everything in the pub. Alcohol is in the soaps, and you know it's it's glamorizing drink. You know, at the end of the day, really, okay. I suppose. All right, Sandra, good call. Thank you for making it. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I just, I was amazed at myself there for a second. I was able to go through all the soaps. I don't want. I honestly don't watch them. Uh, if they're on, I won't leave the room. But they're rarely on. So Carnation Street of the Rovers, EastEnders of the Queen Vic, Emmerdale of the Woolpack. Fair City, you have McCoy's, and I'm sure there's others too. <laughs> God, what does that say about me? Courts 96 FM.